This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. I am your host, Tyler Kern, and it's my pleasure to welcome Zohar Diane to the podcast. He is the CEO and co-founder of Wibbits. Zohar, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. So just a little background. Wibbits is the first automated video creation platform, and we're going to dive into that world of automated content creation and really examine its benefits and also discuss some of the challenges that come along with that today. And so I'm really excited just to get to have this conversation. So Zohar, let's just start off here. Where did the idea for Wibbits first come from? So the idea for Wibbits came uh, when I was in college, actually. Um, I have a software development background, always kind of had a passion for uh, visual design, animation, technology, and was kind of a news buff uh, since I was pretty young. Um, and at the time, you know, we were started getting introduced to more, um, you know, smartphones, smart devices that have larger screens, yet the reading experience on them was still not very pleasant. Uh, everything wasn't as optimized for mobile as it is today. And while I was reading, you know, long pieces of text, maybe on news publications, I thought to myself, you know, wouldn't it be convenient if I could just watch any article that I want instead of having to read it? And that's kind of where the idea started and obviously evolved from there. Um, but, you know, at the core of Wibbit's, you know, has the same mission that uh, we had from day one, pretty much, and that's to try and create a visual video experience for any type of story. How did companies initially respond to this idea? Uh, companies and publishers really respond to this idea of using automation tools for video content. Were they initially receptive to it, or was it something people were kind of skeptical of? Uh, well, that is a that's a great question. Uh, when, you know, when we started the company and started kind of talking to potential customers, uh, primarily news publishers at the time, um, we got very interesting responses, uh, pretty much, uh, other than, you know, tossing us out the front door, uh, people basically told us, you know, nobody's going to ever use automation to produce content and even more so when it comes to visual content like video um, and that you know it's it, they find it hard to believe that a computer uh, or robot can produce uh, high level quality output um, uh, on its own and and it's never going to work pretty much um, so it was definitely a challenge uh, you know, to get that reception from the market. And I think we've definitely come a long way since. Absolutely. And, and kind of explain how you've seen that change come about. What do you think has been the primary driver of that attitude change uh, in the marketplace? So I think it's, uh, it's several things. I think there is much more 
openness today for uh, automation in general when it comes to many different types of processes, whether it's analyzing big data, um, knowing what content to, to, to create, uh, how to distribute that content, and in our case, for the content creation itself. So I think automation from being this, you know, scary word that uh, a lot of content creators were kind of um, scared from uh, has become a necessity uh, for any storyteller, any publisher out there to do their job in an efficient way. Uh, and I think one of the drivers for that is that users experience, uh, expect the different content consumption experience on different platforms today. Uh, whether you're consuming content on you know, very, a variety of different devices, whether you're on your computer or on your mobile phone or tablet or uh, on your TV, IoT devices. And we really got used to getting a different type of experience on every different device or platform. So even when I go into uh, a publisher's website, I expect a completely different experience than I do when I go uh, consume content uh, from that same outlet on social media. And even more so, it's different on between the social media platforms. So if I'm consuming content on Facebook, I expect to get a different experience and then and more receptive uh, to that content if it's really optimized for that platform. And same goes for other social media platforms like Instagram, uh, Instagram Stories, which is also different, Snapchat, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, so it really becomes uh, a very big challenge to keep up with uh, those user consumption habits. And it's literally impossible to do that in a scalable way and in a way that makes sense from a business perspective. So using automation, uh, whether it's fully automated solutions or semi-automated solutions is really an essential part uh, of, of every publisher's strategy today if they want to be successful. You brought up Instagram, and I'm, I'm glad you did because to me it feels like Instagram has played an increasingly large role in the way that brands or publishers interact with their consumers. And so that, that seems to me to have increased that need for video content. Have you found that to be the case? Have you found that Instagram has really been a big driver for, uh, for the need for more content? 100%. I mean, people expect to consume content today in a visual manner. Uh, I think Instagram has definitely played a huge role in that, uh, whether it's in the Instagram feed uh, or more recently within Instagram stories and IGTV. Um, and it's really, you know, a matter of getting in front of your users and, and reaching them in an effective way. And if you're not producing content that's visual, that's engaging for the users, and that's tailored for that specific platform, you're really not going to uh, do that in an effective way. Absolutely. And when I think about it, and I think about the fact, you know, we're, we're doing a podcast right now, we're communicating over, you know, an audio medium, but at the end of the day, we're going to create a graphic for this podcast and we'll promote it on Instagram and on social media. It just seems to go to show just how visually oriented we are nowadays, which uh, it feels like what you did with Wibbits kind of hit at the right time, right? As we were kind of on the upswing of, you know, becoming such a visually oriented culture. For sure. I definitely think that we were, 
uh, way ahead of the curve and uh, where we are in terms of our platform today and where the market is in terms of the need for more visual content. I think that's a great intersection to be in as a company. Uh, and it's definitely been exciting for us to see how that uh, market has evolved. And I think, you know, that's not going to slow down anytime soon. I think we're going to continue to see that trend towards more visual content for long form and short form and to create more tailored experiences for telling stories in a better way uh, through visual storytelling. And I think, you know, if you look around, you know, all the devices um, and services that are being introduced all around us, uh, you know, all these devices that didn't come with screens in the past are uh, suddenly uh, equipped with huge, you know, screens that you can consume content on, whether it's IoT devices, cars, refrigerators, <laughs> right, right. Uh, uh, your TV, which in my opinion is going to be a huge uh, uh, center for consuming content that's not just linear uh, TV or on-demand TV, but much more than that. And I think uh, combining uh, virtual assistants like Amazon Alexa or Google Home and Siri, uh, we're already seeing them being equipped with screens, whether it's an Amazon Echo Show, but I think connecting those with the main primary uh, source of visual information, which is your, you know, in your living room, that's going to continue to be a trend and obviously create a much bigger need to create uh, professional, tailored video content. You know, I was I was watching your uh, one of your panels from uh, from South by Southwest 2018, and you listed off some of the gigantic publications that uh, use Wibbits nowadays. And I wonder, and you don't have to name any names specifically, but I wonder if any of the people that laughed at you initially, uh, now that there's been this rise and we've seen this shifting in in the way that people consume content, are some of those same companies ones that are you know that laughed at you initially? Are they now using Wibbits? 100 uh, <laughs> percent i think they definitely had a, a valid reason to be skeptical um but i think they understand today that you know this is not you know one of the the, the their hesitations was kind of being intimidated by technology or quote-unquote robots that are going to take over their jobs um and i think once they understand how they can use automation, how they can leverage technology to do their job in a more efficient way, it's not a matter of being replaced, but it's a matter of uh, assisting them or, or supplementing their toolbox with uh, automation technologies. And I think they definitely understand the value um, in that for their businesses and their day-to-day -day workflow. And the way we see it, you know, a lot of these companies obviously already have in-house video production teams, but by leveraging intelligent automation tools, they can empower other people within their company, whether it's writers, editors, social media managers, pretty much anybody that didn't have any knowledge or experience in creating video content, be able to produce high-end professional quality video uh, very, very quickly and in a very scalable way. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting point that you bring up because I think just the natural 
uh, thought process that people go through when they hear automation is they think, oh my gosh, the robots are coming and they're going to take our jobs and we're all going to be unemployed and the world's going to be, you know, turn into iRobot or something like that, you know, and we'll need Will Smith to save us. But how do you respond to that concern just that, that what automation is is something that takes jobs away from people? So, like I mentioned before, I think automation helps people do their job in a more efficient way. And I think in a fast-paced world that we live in and the fast-paced content environment that we live in, there's just no question, no question that it's an extension for, for you as a professional um, and, and can open you uh, to be able to produce content that you weren't able to in the past uh, and, and do that very quickly, very efficiently, without having to compromise on quality and without having to compromise on your story. So really keeping the story in the center, being able to reach the result you want to do um, and, and, and really tell your story in a better way. Are there particular ways for teams to maybe structure their content that allows them to take advantage of what automation has to offer? Like, is it, it, is it better than to maybe allow people to operate with a little bit more autonomy um, with their content so then, you know, they're, they're able to then create that excellent video content just right there on their own? Or how, what are some ways that people can, can structure their content that takes best advantage of, of what automation has to offer? So I think today in a, you know, the primarily digital age, it's very important how you structure your content, how you, what kind of metadata you have associated with it, what kind of media you have associated with it, and how you tag it is, it is I think, extremely important for having the ability to connect and integrate with different types of platforms, technologies, and automation tools like Wibbits. Um, I, I think that the sooner you do it, the better. Um, and we're definitely seeing long-term thinking like that from many of our partners today. Uh, even just, you know, creating a summary that is meant to be verbally kind of, um, uh, read out loud definitely helps with that. That's, that's just one example. Um, but you, know, you can definitely think of, of, of many more and we, that's part of what we do with our customers. We help them prepare their content uh, to, for better use of automation technologies. You know, the more I think about just kind of the world we live in and then the way we consume content, there's, there's this expectation now of immediacy almost. Um, and, and I wonder, do you, do you feel like you've played a part maybe in, um, you know, having this culture shift where people expect video content and expect uh, news and updates and things like that to come at a more rapid pace. You, you've kind of allowed that to happen. Do you think you've played a part in that? I don't know if we played a part in the actual need for content uh, immediately. I think people live today in a society, we all live in a society that we expect things on demand and expect them quickly. Everything seems very obvious for us that it happens instantly. Um, and, and I think we're just helping facilitate that need. Uh, our goal is to uh, enable storytellers to tell their story and respond to what's happening out there uh, on the field in the quickest way possible so they can answer that uh, expectation uh, from their users. 
you know, the, the more I think about it, the more I think that uh, more and more screens are entering our lives, as you mentioned earlier, whether it's, you know, a screen on our fridge uh, or, or whatever it is. But yeah, we have a uh, one of the Google uh, hubs, you know, the displays, I suppose, that, that sits there at our in our house right now. And it just it just feels like the need for what you provide is only increasing. Do you feel that? Do you feel like there's there's still momentum and still room to grow in this area? 100%. We feel that we're just getting started. Uh, you know, just like you said, we're seeing more and more screens pop up around us, and there's going to be content uh, that's going to be needed to, to be created, to, to display on those. And, and, and it's really a matter of doing that at scale and doing that in a way that fits that screen. So not all screens are, are made equal. And I think there isn't kind of a one-size-fits-all approach when it comes to creating visual content, meaning the fact that it has a screen doesn't mean that it has to have the same content on it. And you really have to tailor that experience to, to that screen, that device, that platform. Um, and we want to help you do that. I watched a uh, a TED talk that you did back in 2013, uh, just about the creation of Wibbits. And you, I, I think if I remember the story correctly, you were you were in college and you were sitting on a park bench reading news on your phone because, as you mentioned, you're a news junkie. And uh, there was a man sitting next to you reading news on the newspaper, and you kind of had that epiphany that you were basically both doing the same thing. That our our consumption of news really hasn't changed all that much, despite the fact that maybe the the object that we're using to read it has changed. And you've, you've really kind of taken that and maybe turned it on its head quite a bit. Do you feel like there are further innovations? What, what do you think is coming next just in our ability to consume news and consume content? Yeah, so I think uh, we're beyond that point where, you know, we expect visual content, we want it, we're hungry for it. And I think the next stage would be really to, to make different templates and different story structures uh, be available and widely available for storytellers to really get more creative. You know, we're seeing, uh, you know, I would say the most popular format today is kind of those text on screen videos that I think Instagram and Facebook uh, really promoted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the next stage is really to create much more customized, rich experiences for telling different types of stories. Yeah, and I think that that more and more people are looking for uh, personalized content, which uh, the more content creators that you have, the more people that are able to do this um, and and to tap into the world that you've created, I think the more people um, that are creating content. And so then there's people that are going to be out there that are able to then latch on and connect with um, I, I guess connect with unique forms of content or unique types in topics that maybe had been underserved in the past. And I think that that's maybe a cool aspect of, of what you're doing that, that maybe, I don't know if that was a, an intentional goal, but that certainly seems to be something that stands out to me, just that you opened a world to content creation for people that maybe wasn't there in the past. For sure, for sure. And, and you know, people interests are so diverse uh, and uh, having that ability to create rich content, not just for the mainstream stories, but really for niche stories and um, kind of vertical specific stories is, is a huge advantage. And, and we're definitely hearing that from the market and from the content creators for those kind of more niche uh, industries and subjects. 
Absolutely. Well, Zohar, it's been a pleasure just getting a chance to uh, to chat and to learn a little bit more about Wibbits and about um, the way that you have kind of just disrupted this content creation uh, industry and, and seeing how that's come about. Uh, it's been really exciting. So thank you so much for joining me today and uh, hopefully we can do it again in the future. Thank you very much. Sounds good. I would love that. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Market Scale Software and Technology Podcast. Thank you again to my guest, Zohar Diane, the CEO and co-founder of Wibbits. We certainly appreciated him joining us today. It was a pleasure getting to talk to him. We have more content just like this over at marketscale.com. So if you click on industries at the top of the page, you'll see a pull-down menu with 14 different industries. And in each of those, we have podcasts, written content, video content, lots of different stuff for you to enjoy there. Thank you all so much again for listening to this episode of the podcast. I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Until next time.